This is the Katars Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 6, Episode 2. Cultivating a Global Mindset, Egypt. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Katars Podcast. Oh, it's so good being back with you again with another one of these podcasts. It's one of my favourite things to do. I don't know if I told you that, but I absolutely love making these for you. Thank you so much to everybody who's told me how much they've been enjoying and looking forward to the first um, episode and of season six. If you haven't listened to episode one, we're looking at Iceland, the most recent country that I went to, so make sure you check that out. And a massive thank you to our sponsor. They are the Masterclass Sessions. Click on the link in the show notes. You can book yourself on the next Masterclass. Every single month, they have world-class people from business and life, and they give Masterclasses on things. Absolutely fantastic. I've given one. I've attended many. They're brilliant. So click on the link in the show notes if you want to book yourself on one. And if you send me a quick email to michael at kataholos.co.uk or comment on social media something that you enjoy about this podcast, uh, tell me something that you like, you'll be entered into a draw to win a whole year subscription to the Masterclass Sessions completely free. And it's really um, useful if you give me your feedback and tell me what you're enjoying about these podcasts, because my good friend Cesar, he's the one who came up with the topic for this whole new season. So muchas gracias, Cesar. You gave me some fantastic um, suggestion, and that's why we're doing what we're doing now. So this season is all about how to cultivate a global mindset, that awareness of the interdependence between countries and businesses and people the fact that there are 8 billion of us now and how we can all kind of get on well, how can we understand each other, why that's important for your business, why it can help you in your life. And in these podcasts, we're going to be looking at a different country that I visited and what it's taught me, what it's taught me about life lessons, what it's taught me that's helped me in my business and how these countries over a period of years and time have helped me to cultivate this mind where I'm always considerate and aware of things and people globally, not just in the UK, not just in the one area where I live, the big picture, because we don't really learn that in school and we don't really cultivate it unless we put a proper effort into it. So we've gone into the first episode where we're looking at the most recent country I went to, which is Iceland. It was amazing. I want to go all the way back to the first country that I ever visited on my own, and it was Egypt. So Egypt has a very special place in my heart because it's the first time I travelled on my own. I'd never been away on my own. I did 10 days on my own in Egypt and I absolutely loved it. It was an adventure. Uh, In the room that I'm recording this, I can see two pictures of me, one on a quad bike out in the desert uh, and one on a camel. And they were both things I did while I was in Egypt. Absolutely incredible country, especially if you live in somewhere like the UK where it's very green and grassy and full of fields and trees. To go out into the desert is completely life-changing in terms of perspective. You'll never look at where you live the same again. So I realised upon reflection that there were four lessons that I learned very early on in my business career when I went to Egypt. And this was before I even had Kataholos, by the way, that really informed my thinking and hopefully they can help you for your business and also in your life. So I want to go straight into them. This is the first one. When I stepped off the plane in November, it was, and I felt the rush of the heat in the air, that lovely feeling when you go abroad to a different country, usually it's hotter than the UK. And you feel the heat as soon as you step off the plane. I find it a very exciting moment. What's normal for you is not normal for other people. So up until that point, I've been a teacher. And teachers, obviously, we have terms and we have school holidays. And they're very fixed. And you don't get time off in November, ever. So every November at that time, normally, I'd be in the classroom. 
and I'd have you know breaks at Christmas and New Year, etc. But I'd never been away in November, and there was something incredibly liberating, and it felt a little bit like, oh, should I be doing this? When I arrived in Egypt in November, and it was like 35 degrees, and I realised every with every trip afterwards that although yeah, it's normal for some people to be in school at that time, it's not normal for others. And I'd gotten into this routine, and this routine is a way of life, and that's fine. But I'd stepped out of that routine, and now if I wanted to go away in November, I could. And I've embraced that ever since. If I want to go away at any point in the year, you know, if you run your own business, you have that ability to do that. So what's normal for you might not be normal for other people. There are always, every time you go on holiday, no matter when you go, there are always people on going on holiday, and there are always people working. And it really cemented that as a new idea in my mind that, wow, yeah, you can do things at any time. You can get very stuck into one way of doing things and that's fine. But there are other people that won't do it the way you do it and that's fine as well. So it really hit home that what was normal for me, it wasn't normal to go away in November, could be my new normal and is the normal the norm for a lot of people, really. So that's the first lesson that it really humbled me that and it, that really opened up my mind not that I thought um, that people didn't live in different ways it's just more you know when you're in a routine and every year you do the same thing same thing same thing same thing and you can think this is the way it is and it's not the way it is it's just the way it is for some people so that was the first thing what's normal for me might not be normal for other people um, and again if you've ever taken a holiday during school term time you'll feel that kind of sense of liberation. That was the first thing. The second thing was a very interesting one for me um, that I experienced, and it's, it's quite funny actually. So globalization, the concept that the world's economies are interdependent, and we've learned that through COVID, we've learned this through global recessions, what affects one part of the world can affect somebody else, one economy can affect somebody else, especially as we sell more products and services through the internet. You might have clients in Norway or China and all over the world. And globalization, this idea that it, we all work independently is you know, is a fact now. But how does that actually affect your life? And, and when do you have moments when you actually realize that, oh, I have one in Egypt. And it was, I think it was the year after Liverpool had signed Mohamed Salah. So Mohamed Salah is obviously Egyptian. So of course, everybody wanted to talk to me in English about Liverpool Football Club. And I support Man United, so I wasn't super keen. But of course, he's Egyptian. And so everybody then thought, right, well, we're going to support Liverpool. So I met so many Liverpool fans in Egypt. And since I've travelled to other countries, I've seen that, especially with uh, Liverpool, Man United, that's very common, by the way. When I went to Iceland, the woman on the reception desk was telling me, oh, everybody supports Man United and Liverpool. We all come over to watch the games. And that was a very real moment where I realised that this globalisation that we talk about as concepts and stuff, that was a very real example of it. <laughs> it's quite strange to be talking to all these people about Liverpool and they were like, what do you think about Liverpool? Isn't isn't Salah the best? And I was like, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. So that really is um, a lesson that I learned, that globalisation is a very real thing. Again, it's very easy to get stuck in our ways of my country, my area where I live in my country. And yet there'll be things that will affect your country and your area where you live. You won't even be aware of it. Um, and so globalization is a very real thing. That was something I definitely learned um, about Mohamed Salah in Liverpool. The third one is a beautiful, beautiful um, reality that I experienced. And it kind of builds on what I was saying last week about the landscape shaping you. 
Um, I learned a concept when I was at university called estrangement. So E and then the word strange and then meant estrangement. And I learned this when I was studying different literature and especially sci-fi. So if you like science fiction, you'll be familiar with this when I describe it. Estrangement happens when you take something that you'd normally understand and put it in a different context or a different way of looking at it. And suddenly something that seemed pretty normal or pretty average to you looks and feels completely weird and completely all over the place. And it's like you're looking at it for the first time. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you feel completely like, whoa, this is a bit different. Here's a silly example, but this will prove the point. Take any word that you know in your language and just say it to yourself. So if I say chair, 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 over and over again, eventually the word will become estranged from its meaning and I'll go chair, chair, chair. What on earth is that? And so that happens with words, right? But it can happen with anything. And again, look at um, the estrangement that happened with going outside. Normally going outside is normal. A few years ago, you go outside and it would be a bit weird because you spend a lot of time indoors because of the COVID pandemic. So estrangement can be a very useful thing. And I was, I experienced it very, very powerfully when I went to Egypt because of course it's a desert. It's sand everywhere. And I'll never forget, I went on a, went on a trip. It was a brilliant trip. We went in um, a buggy and we were going up and down these sand dunes. And I, on the similar trip, I went on the quad bikes and we're out driving around these quad bikes in the middle of the desert. It's like Mario Kart. If you ever played Mario Kart, it's amazing. All in these little lines going around in circles. It's great. But I remember at one point, one of the, the guys, he said, do you want to come and climb this little sand dune and just have a look out at the desert? And I said, sure. Now, we climbed, me and these other two people, to the top of this little dune, and I looked out. And all I could see was sand. Not a single tree, not a single bush, not a single animal, not a single building. And for me, somebody who had never been to the desert ever, it was an incredibly powerful moment because my brain was going, this is something you've never seen before, ever. On TV, yeah, but not in real life. And it was incredibly estranging because I was used to looking out at horizons and all sorts of things and seeing things, you know, a bit of this, a bit of that, a tree, a hill, a person, whatever. But when you suddenly see the same thing, just this kind of rolling hills of sand. It's very beautiful, actually. And if you're religious, even if you're not, you might be familiar with people when they go out into the desert to try and get a bit of perspective. That People, you know, even now, especially thousands of years ago, they would go into the mountains or they go into the desert for a change of scenery. And I can understand now why they did that. Because it puts you in a different headspace. You're not looking at things all the time. You're, you're kind of destimulating your brain and just allowing yourself to just be. And so when I came home, I remember, and I had the same thing when I went to Morocco as well, you see a tree and you're like, what? What is that green and brown thing? What is that? You see grass and you see all these fields and it's like, like seeing it for the first time. It was estrangement. And it was beautiful. Because I was like I was seeing it with fresh eyes for the first time. And so that was a lesson that taught me is that when you see something that's so different to what you normally see, it shifts something inside you and makes a new reference point. So that when you come back to the thing that you're used to, you see it again fresh. But not only fresh, you're aware that it's not, like I said before, it's normal for you, it's not normal for somebody else. They, someone from Egypt would go into the middle of a green field in a forest and go, what is this? 
completely different to what I normally see. So estrangement can be a really good thing. It's not a bad thing. Just keep that in mind the next time you have an experience where something you thought would normally be a certain way, and it's not, and you feel a bit, mm, that's a bit different, maybe because it's in a different context or your different mindset. It can be very, very interesting for helping you to appreciate and enrich your your gratitude and your appreciation of who you are and, what, and where you are and, and what you have, you know? So that's the third one. The desert taught me that estrangement, that ability to understand something completely different. And once you understand something completely, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be environment, it could be people, it could be food. Once you've kind of experienced it, you go back to that thing you used to and you see it with fresh eyes. You see it better. It's amazing. So the fourth one, um, and this is something that was incredible really is it's I think I've and I've definitely experienced this especially when I try and experience the culture of a different country so be that the food or the history or the music or or statues or churches and things is to always be incredibly respectful and and impressed (laughs) by the sheer impressiveness of the cultural achievements and what the culture of that country has been able to achieve Um, so for example in Egypt obviously they have the Nile River and if you live in a desert, well, guess what? Water is life. <laughs> and so when we travelled out to, to the Nile and I went on a boat on the Nile, what you saw, it was fascinating. You'd see desert, and then as you get close to water, you'd start to see trees, and then you start to see houses, and you start to see villages, and then you might see a city. As it got closer and closer to the water, the source of life, right, you would see all these incredible things. And I was just in awe that anybody could build anything in the desert, you know, you try building something on sand, just see how far you get. It's pretty difficult. And so when I was looking at all of these different things, I remember going to Luxor and looking up at these pillars that must have been 20 foot in the air. Incredible. And I was looking at these sphinxes and I was looking in the tombs and all everything. And I was so blown away by the fact that anybody could achieve anything. And I remember going down into one of the tombs. And one of the people said, asked a question, said, how on earth did they work underground? You know, if they didn't have sunlight, and they didn't have electricity. And the cultural guy told me they bounced the sunlight off mirrors in zigzag forms all the way down so it could illuminate the place where they were working. That is absolutely genius. And so the fourth thing that I learned is to be respectful for the cultural achievements of the country. Politically, religiously, all these things we might not agree, we might not understand, but you can have a moment where you just look at it and go, whoa, that is impressive. Seriously impressive. And again, it's something that I've realised as I travel more. You know, these things were here before me and they'll be here after me. What it does is it, it, it humbles you. So when we're talking about globalisation, that awareness that economies and countries talk to each other and influence each other. But I'm just one out of eight billion. And it's easy to forget that. Isn't it easy to forget that when you have your business and you have your your problems and your relationships? And you think like, oh, it's all about me. And what I've found is the more times you can experience through going to different countries and through stepping outside of normal time and estrangement, globalisation and seeing these cultural things, it doesn't actually make you feel small as in bad. It more allows the weight of problems to just kind of fall from your shoulders. 
and you just think, what am I really struggling with that's that bad when somebody can build a tomb in a desert, you know? Absolutely incredible. So those are four lessons that I learned from Egypt. It's a gorgeous country. And I remember when I went, I was so excited for it and it did not let me down. And I had some wonderful adventures. I got food poisoning as well, as an aside. Just That's another lesson learned, you know. Things can go wrong. Was it worth it? Of course it was worth it. 100% it was worth it. And the animals also, I remember seeing snakes and camels, all sorts of things, talking to these people through my guide and just asking them about life. And if you ever get a chance to go on a quad bike in the desert, just do it. It's one of the best things you can do. And they go really fast. So what's normal for you might not be normal for somebody else. Taking a holiday in school holidays, feel like a rebel. Globalisation is very real. Just ask somebody if you go to a different country, if they support Liverpool, Man United, most people will say yes. <laughs> the desert can create that estrangement, and estrangement can bring a richness of appreciation for where you currently live. And being respectful of the cultural achievements of a country is an incredible thing to just see what human beings, what we're capable of. It really feeds your brain as well, gives you thoughts, it will inspire you. You come away going, they've done that, what can I do? That's definitely what I found. Really inspired me and lit, lit, lit a fire in my mind. So hopefully that's been helpful for you. And you'll see that as we go through these different episodes, all these different nuggets and these things I've learned about globalisation, estrangement and the landscape shaping, you can see hopefully and hear how they've affected me and help me to take these lessons on board and try and apply them, what I've learned from other people and from these other countries. So hopefully you've enjoyed that and you found it helpful. And just try one thing. So maybe take something that you've done a million times, do it in a different way. Go outside, just have a look at the land. You know, um, Just be aware of the cultural achievements of your country and where you live. Where you live. Do, you, do you know what they are? Are you familiar with them? And just explore it a little bit. And even if you don't, right? just know that just as you are right now, Somebody does love you very, very, very much. Okay? Take care. And speak soon. So I've got some brilliant random positive facts for you about Egypt. So currently, the country is 90% Muslim, 10% Christian, and they are the ones that the Egyptians created the 365 day calendar I did not know that, how cool is that because it's a bit of a random number isn't it and just google how many things Egyptians invented so I've got three here for you, toothpaste and toothbrushes and mints apparently, barbers and the police <laughs> so just check that out how many things did Egyptians invent I've only given you three, see if you can find some more <laughs>